Hello, welcome to another episode of the Rosen Podcast. I'm Chloe, your host, and in today's episode, I'm chatting to Lynn Edwards from Portsgatho about a whole range of topics. And as it's the summer solstice today, we've a recipe for summer pudding. If this is the first episode you're listening to, you can find and listen to the whole of the podcast at rosenpodcast.com, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on the other podcast apps too. And at rosenpodcast.com, you will find links to any of the resources we mention. Since our very first episode, I've been asking for someone to come on and share some homeschooling advice. Well, Lynn Edwards from Potscatho answered the call, and we took the conversation a lot wider than just homeschooling. Hello, Lynn. Hello, Chloe. It's very cool to have you on here because I think since since the very first episode of this podcast, I've been asking for someone to come on and talk about homeschooling. And um, finally, we've got someone on the show to talk about homeschooling. So, uh, so could you, you've been a, you were a teacher for many years doing um, kind of a bit, something a bit more interesting than just the standard bog science, uh, bog standard, even science, maths, etc. So, so what was your, what happened in your teaching career? Uh, Well, I was lucky enough to um, get a drama post as soon as I finished my training, uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I taught for five years down in Essex um, in Chelmsford and then moved to Stoke-on-Trent. One of the things, one of the, I think, probably two things in my career that I have enjoyed doing is teaching drama through using drama as a tool to teach science, English, math, geography, which... Uh, I did in the latter years with very uh, very close with the science department, and um, also uh, one of the great things about being a drama teacher is, of course, doing the school production, which brings all students from uh, from different ranges of the spectrum uh, together. It's often a chance for a, a child who's kind of neglected through the rest of school to suddenly shine isn't it the school production well this is what i found there were many well well, there were many children who less able children in some sometimes who once they got that spark in the school play um their academic work came on they they started to work at school um i had a few like that that uh came blossomed really through drama I mean, one boy in particular, I was told not to teach him. He was, well, not to teach him, not to have him in the classroom because his uh, brother had been expelled from school and not to have him in the school play. And he, he ended up going to Durham to do get a music degree. Wow. And is now teaching music. Um, and he was a lost soul to begin with, but he was very bright. There was a bright child who was disaffected because of his own background. Um and then I have uh, students who've, um, you know, less low, lower ability students who've have, who've come on bound because of the mainly because of the drama that they do, and they've enjoyed being in the school play. I think it's like if something can be made enjoyable and show them they can achieve something, putting simplifying massively here, then it can make a huge difference in the rest of your life, can't it? I can. I think so. I mean, I was, I've probably told you I've been in contact with this student in Spain who now has three children. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was one of my stars, and they've been in lockdown um, uh, before us. And I asked her what she was doing with her children, you know, during the day. What was her view on, mm-hmm. on homeschooling? 
and she said to me, I mean, probably not everybody's cup of tea, but she said, plan, plan, plan. And she says, we treat every day as a normal school day and complete the subjects like they would be at school. We use repetition games in the garden. Um, we use the games we played with you, miss, in drama class. Um, <laughs> and even the youngest joins in. And I thought that was really good. I mean, it's, as I say, it wouldn't be everybody's um, thing to plan every day because children are, we know what children are like. And I think probably the best thing to do is for parents not to get stressed about what they're doing. If, if you know, if they're not completing what they need to do, then, you know, just don't stress about it. Yes, I think it would be it, my advice. Yeah, it can be we feed off each other don't we and it, it, if if one person in a household becomes stressed then inevitably everyone else ends up stressed and that's not yeah. not conducive to anyone completing anything be it the the washing up or the homes homeschooling lesson so I, I i quite like the idea of a plan though because then you know you can especially if the plan is maybe timed so it's like we will do an hour of maths and when that hour is up yeah. we can forget about maths it doesn't matter whether that's we right. achieved anything in that hour but we know maths is done for the day and we can now go on go on to something else which I think can help. But but you mentioned there she said she was playing doing some of the games she, you taught her to do when you were teaching her drama. Is there one of those yes. you could share that maybe people could 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 well, try out themselves? I, I mean it depends how many children you've got, of course. <laughs> you know. Um we used to play um Grandma's Footsteps, which people know. I, I don't know um, Grandma's Footsteps. What's Grandma's Footsteps? Well it has different names, I think. It's um where somebody stands um, at the top and, you know, if the, the other children stand at the other end of the garden, for example, or room, and you walk and then the person turns round. And if you move, you have to go back to the beginning. Oh, uh, it's right. called different things, I think. But, yeah, um, of course, that's, that's good for getting the concentration levels up a bit, isn't it? It is. Um, and... Um, we played uh, Wink Murder. We played games. Uh, when we were doing science, we played games like they were given the elements, like sulfur, whatever, and they had to run. And then they had to say one thing about the, the element. Uh, one thing we did with the science and the elements, oxygen, carbon, we um, had a fashion show, which is something you could do at home. You could, you know, use a black bin bag for carbon and put the atomic number on them. Uh, and the sulphur, you know, get them to design maybe a um, a yellow costume for it that fizzes or all sorts of things like that are fun for the children to learn, I think, a way of learning. I like that. I like that there's kind of creative ways of homeschooling, kind of merging the subjects together in order to... to cause it, I, I speak as someone who doesn't have kids and has no authority at all telling anyone how to teach anybody. But um, but I, it strikes me that this is an opportunity for the kids to experience something a bit different. And if they're just doing the same as they completely the same as they'd be doing at school, then it's an opportunity lost, maybe. I think so. I think it's an opportunity to design things, to make things, to have a go, to experiment. And you know, with with cooking again, it's science. What we know: why does the bread rise? You know, why does the cake rise? What what are the elements in it that do it? All these sort of things, uh, you know, you can teach them just through what you're doing, even cleaning. You know, I mean, I use vinegar for my windows. Um, and, uh, you know, there's the story of the 
one of the stories we did in drama was the Ian story, the plague about the Derbyshire village that mm-hmm. got closed off. And the children had to think, I, you know, they, I asked them, you know, uh, we had to, we knew this cloth had come into the village, it was damp, and eventually we worked out that it was the fleas, and we had a red mark. What? How were we going to, and we wanted to leave money outside the village to pay for what we were having, but um, money spreads disease, as we all know. What did we put it in? And you get to, to think of... Um, things that were in the cupboard then, and it, of course it's vinegar is the answer, you know. But these are the sort of things you can do with the children. Um, and I found the other thing when you're doing teaching at home schooling, one of the ways which is fun to reinforce the learning, whatever you're learning, is um, get them, the children, to ask you questions about what you've just taught them or in the following week. They ask you the questions, so you're like the, the students. Which oh, that's they a find good idea. From. So yes, they get the chance find... to turn the tables for a little bit. Yes, yes. I think as long as you get them to turn the tables, which is great. And I believe um, you've been doing some kind of kind of bringing a little bit of homeschooling into your connections with your grandkids as well. Yes, I've uh, been. They're my great nephews. I've been teaching them online for two hours a day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Um, we've been. I've been reading with them, and of course, every child loves to be read to, and this is a great way I find of expanding their vocabulary, uh, their knowledge of the world. Uh, we've also they've enjoyed doing some poetry. One of my great nephews he was very shy and reserved when we started this um and he has ended up reading the book called uh, the gruffalo child um but he uh, we did it as a performance and uh, his mum recorded it and sent it into school as part of his homework and it's the whole school now have it as a bedtime story wow um, so these are the things that you know we can do in lockdown um uh, and, uh, you know, that they, they, they enjoy it and they're getting a lot of, you know, obviously getting a lot out of it, I think. And I love, love uh, the fact that it's, um, it's helping the human, human connections as well. Because I know a lot, a lot of parents are getting a bit stressed with having to do all day, every day homeschooling. But if you can, yes, you know, yes. hand over to, to a relative or a friend who, who wants to spend that time and is happy to spend that time chatting with your kids or taking them through something, that can really... Um, lower, you know, lower the pressure on the parents. I think whilst whilst giving a great bit a bit of connection to someone else. Yes, lovely. You know, I, I I've got to know them better than you know I probably would have done. Um, even the little one, Thomas, he joins in sometimes. He's he's five, um, and sometimes he'll join in. He we did Matilda uh, about the house burning down, and he did the lines fire, fire, and little liar, little liar, which of course he enjoyed thoroughly. Um, but he comes and he'll chip in. So, um, you know, it's all about different finding different ways of, of engaging children. So with the books, um, have they got a copy of Matilda on their end and you've got a copy on your got a, end? I, well, I send them a copy of the poems. Oh. And then the books, we, yes, I have a copy of the book and they have a copy of the book. And sometimes they'll read. And what's nice to do with them is get them you do the narration bit as it were and they just read what the characters say because they quite like that um 
Yes, you can get quite ex- um, quite exciting reading the bits the characters say, can't you? Well, yes, and, and uh, I think you know, uh, and when they don't want to read anymore, I say, well, well, or they tell me when they've had enough. They said, right, well, we'll leave it now, Auntie Lynn, and I say, yes, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> But, it, but it's causing it because it's working for everybody. It's giving them them a bit of something different. It gives you a chance to catch up with them. And it gives the parents a 20-minute, half-hour break or something. And then on a Friday, we do a little concert of what we've done in the week for mm-hmm. my sister, who's their granny, and the mum and dad. So we all meet on whatever you like to call it, Zoom. We actually meet on Messenger. Mm-hmm. And uh, they do a little concert for their granny. So that's, you know, another thing that can be done. Excellent. And it's been brilliant to catch up with you and, and kind of learn lots of things, which, you know, alternative ideas which people can do. And I think it's one of the one of the cool things of the pandemic happening now rather than, you know, 10, 20 years ago is that there's an awful lot of resources. When the creativity dries up, you can always find another idea. So hopefully this has given some people some extra ideas. But Lynn, you, you've had an, a creative idea for what we might all might want to get involved with when lockdown ends, haven't you? So um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, it's only an idea, a thought, if you like, if people would be interested or start writing poems or sketches now um, we could maybe do um, well we could do a Roseland review uh, with maybe music poetry um, and drama in but particularly if people you know are writing poems now some people are I know are writing poems about the lockdown funny things that have happened maybe humorous things that wouldn't have happened in normal times because we're not living in normal times you know um, and um, that would be that would be really good, you know. Make it funny, a bit of bit of humour, bit of of serious, you know. How we got here, I mean, you know. Again, you've got your physical theatre with, you know, maybe being the virus, you know, uh, and uh, so there's all sorts of possibilities there. Rightly or wrongly, your idea of someone physically being the virus has now got Benny Hill themes going through my mind. <laughs> <laughs> which would be funny, but uh, not sure yes. right. <laughs> um, Lynn, if anyone's interested in uh, in picking up on that idea and helping you run with it, who, how should they get in contact with you? Uh, well, they can either email me or I don't mind uh, ringing. I have an answer phone. So would you like me to give you my email? Well, what I'll do is I'll, um, because it's quite hard for people to write them down, I will put them in the show notes for the episode. Yes. um, And uh, then anyone who who wants to, if you go to rosenpodcast.com, click on the show notes link for this episode, then you'll be able to um, copy and paste uh, Lynn's contact details from there, which is a lot easier than trying to write it down whilst listening to us. So so thanks, Lynn. I think that's a fascinating idea, and I do, do keep us up to date with how it's going. Um, and thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. And if you're interested in Lynn's Rosen review idea, then we've added her contact details to the show notes. You'll find those at rosenpodcast.com. Just click on the show notes button on this episode, which is episode 14. Now, today is the summer solstice, so we're bringing you a recipe for summer pudding. You can make it at any time of the year with frozen fruit. Always keep a bag of frozen berries of your choice in the freezer. Of course, if fresh fruit's available, use it. About one and a half pounds of mixed berries, 
six or seven slices of stale white bread sliced, three to four tablespoons of sugar. Put the fruit and the sugar in a pan for 10 to 15 minutes on a low heat until the juices run. Line a pudding bowl with crustless bread cut to shape. Pour in the cooked fruit until halfway up the bowl. Cover with a slice of bread and pour in more fruit. Top with another slice of bread and put some cling film over a weight to press down the top of your pudding. Use a small plate with a tin of baked beans or soup, etc., which will give you enough pressure. Leave overnight or longer in the fridge. If possible, reserve some of the juice from the pan to use later. When you're ready to serve, turn the bowl upside down on a serving plate. Pour over any remaining juice and serve with cream. A big thank you to Jenny Deal for continuing to send us so many great recipes to share. And if you'd like to share some of your recipes on the show, then we would love to hear from you. You can send it in and I'll read it out, record it yourself and send us the MP3 file, or even book a recording call with me and we'll record it together. Whether you want to share a recipe or come on the show and have a chat with me about something interesting, then the first step is exactly the same. Just drop an email to roselandpodcast at gmail.com with what you would like to contribute and we will get back to you with more information. I hope this will help us all feel a little less alone and a little more connected to our wonderful community. And if you want to make sure you hear the rest of the shows, then bookmark roselandpodcast.com. Look for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or your usual podcast app of choice and subscribe. Be kind and stay safe.